Did you know that you were born to lead? Join us on the Big Axe Podcast, as this show is designed to build your leadership skills through conversation with other successful leaders. It is better to make a thousand failures than to be too coward to ever undertake anything. Clovis G. Welcome to the Big Axe Podcast, my friends. As promised, we are going to take a deep dive into Lachie's Christopher's life. We'll title today's presentation, Failure, Good or Bad? Take a moment and think on that. Failure, Good or Bad? Let's dive straight into it. How are you doing, Lachie? <laughs> I am good. I am good. Here, rummaging through my mind and all of my thoughts trying to compartmentalize them properly but i'm good the good thing about it is technically you are the host for today oh so wow. guys you'll be hearing lachi's voice near 95 percent of this podcast <laughs> uh, she tell us about her life more from a business, business perspective yes and we just see what i can dissect in and between yes we can we're gonna pull out the good out of it the positive but as the question is failure good or bad Hopefully yes. at the end of this, you, the listeners, can tell us if you make what Lachie's experience was good or mm-hmm. bad. But before we go too far, Lachie, yes. give us a random thought. Random thought. That I have no random thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. I mean, if anybody has ever spoken to me, my brain is a bit detailed and a bit organized. So even if you ask me what is a random thought, I automatically go to thinking. And then once I go to thinking, then it's no longer, it's no longer a random thought. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I really didn't have a random thought for today. Okay. Let's dive straight into your life. Where can we begin? Business. I have always loved the idea of business. I have always seen myself in business. Business is something that I've always wanted to do. And I know that business is a broad topic, such a broad spectrum. But the truth is, that's just it. I just used to always see myself in business. When I was a a child, my father had the pharmacy, Pharmax, if anybody knows that business. And, And sometimes I just be like, do I really want persons to know that? And that's an honest truth about me because when persons get to know your history, where you came from, that sort of thing, sometimes there are limitations or expectations that are placed upon you that you don't necessarily want to live up to, can't necessarily live up to, or not ready to live up to. And sometimes there are some standards that persons want you to drop and come down to based on that. And so... I do struggle sometimes when I think about that, like, that's my father, that's that's where I came from. But at the end of the day, I still also do find it a proud part of my story. Um, also from a spiritual standpoint, because when I think about it, it's like a couple of years ago, I would have bought an encouraging message where I was saying, hey, I'm a product of maybe a tree that died but there's a seed that came out of it and I'm that seed and I'm still germinating still pushing my little head up and trying to really spread my wings under this broad sun of possibilities but at the same time who knows what it's going to come out to be at the end of the day so that's just a little side note there but as a child 
I would take up his typewriter and I would set it in my little space and I have my pens on this side and my pencil and my notepad. I'm always writing. That was something I, I used to do as a child. I'm always taking notes. I'm always jotting down things. And my father, you know, sometimes he would just get angry and annoyed because he would say, wherever I see a pen, I would just take up the pen and just start writing. And that was me. I always would be signing my name. You know, like I'm practicing my signature because I don't know. That, that's just me, you know. And so I always had this image in my head about business. I remember when I got older, we had moved into an apartment in Fig Tree area. There was a room on the veranda. I guess who was living there probably would have used it as an office. That was just my thought but i remember one day just again getting so motivated and i went into that room it was a room that my parents had basically stored all of the extra business stuff from the pharmacy and everything and i went in and i basically pulled out everything and reorganized that room as if you know it was an office and that was my office so i would go in there there's a computer um, the computer does not turn on. It doesn't work. But that's my office. Imagination. <laughs> Imagination. <laughs> and I have my bookshelf. And I have my encyclopedias. I mean, everybody knows that um, year when these persons were going around with these encyclopedias selling. I'm sure most persons from that timeline still have their encyclopedias. And so, you know, I did that. I took the extra effort, the extra time to really set out the space in that way. And that was where I went and created in my mind things that I wanted to do and things that I imagined that I would do business-wise and everything like that. Okay, so Lachis, at approximately what age are we at right now? Right now, that would have been about, say about 15, 14, okay, 15. Okay, so now let's go into the 15-year-old mind. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that you created that you wanted to be business-wise let's go into that mind. <laughs> i always thought that i was gonna be a doctor honestly i really wanted to be an obstetrician gynecologist that was my dream job and uh, there was a part of me that saw myself in that sophisticated zone of course i had no formal knowledge internet wasn't what it is today you know what you think you know about the position is just basically what you imagine about the position but really not having a full understanding so at that point in time i'm basically just telling myself that this is what i'm gonna be and just imagining what that role would be like but still not really applying myself and this is another side note that can be pulled out of this conversation that sometimes we have persons who are coming up in school we don't really take the time to ask them what is it that you would like to do in the future we kind of just leave that up to students to say what subjects they want to study that decision could be based on friends that decision could be based on just not having the drive that decision could be based on the teacher that will be teaching particular subjects and so sometimes students end up picking subjects that don't necessarily line up with the job that they want to do so by the time they come out of school they don't exactly have that launching pad of subjects that they really would need to take them to where they want to go and i was kind of a product of that i came into second form not really having that focus and that's another aspect of it too 
sometimes students lose their focus around that second farm third farm area there because now you you have your friends you're feeling yourself you get a little distracted and i remember when i lost my vision my passion my dream for becoming a doctor was when i did a test and the test i didn't really study for it that's the honest truth and i'll never forget this but when i got back my test paper my teacher said to me, she looked at me and she said, I suggest you drop this subject. Wow. And that was basically what I did. Not necessarily because I didn't want to be a doctor anymore, but the feeling that he left me with was kind of like, okay, you know, and I just kind of gave up. Yeah, Not really. Doctor dream. Yeah, Johnny Dream because of, yes, because science, you know, is a subject that, of course, you're going to be a doctor, you need science. And I, you know, I guess, again, nobody really took the time to figure out what was happening. I can never tell you that I had teachers that reached out to me to say, hey, your grades are dropping, what's happening here? You know, that sort of thing. Sometimes parents, teachers, mentors, church leaders, church family members, family members, all of these persons who are supposed to be looking over you, sometimes just take it for granted and you're doing your own thing you're losing time or growing up but at that point in time like i said when she said i suggest you drop this subject i was like okay you know and i just gave it up like that but not because again that i wanted to just give it up but more or less from the standpoint of what else is there (laughs) you know i'm shrugging my shoulders because that was literally the moment or the feeling that i was having in the moment it was like okay I thought just came here. I think I would have to help the listeners mm-hmm. to have a visual view of what's going on in the studio. <laughs> when some of the dead ear that you heard a while ago, she either moved her shoulders or her expression somewhat gave us the words for those spaces. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I would have to narrate this one as well. <laughs> <laughs> so we are now at approximately second farm. So we're still at around the same age. Like third four, farm, about third 14, farm. 15. Mm-hmm. No, springboard from there. Okay, so no, I'm, I've already passed out of school. My parents are making a big decision to travel. And so my life again is interrupted. So I don't get the CFBC dream like everybody else gets. And I'm taken to a country to live. Ended up going to Tortola, BBI. And here it is that I'm in Tortola. And it's a place that I'm totally not prepared for. No, originally my father was trying to put me back into high school and I'm so glad he didn't get through with that plan. Okay, hold, hold <laughs> it right there, hold it right there. For those of you who are not from St. Kitts, CFBC is yeah. our local college. It is more, say, undergraduate. Mm-hmm. You can get up to an associate degree there. Preparation. Now note, your father is trying to put you back in school in Tartola, so he's somewhat yes. trying to right the wrong. Well, what he's trying to do is, yes, give me that transition that would have made it easier for me to continue in the system. But of course, you know, high schools do not take persons in fifth form. They will take any fourth form. Mm-hmm. And he just, he knew he couldn't do that to me. He was taking a chance with the fifth form. Of course, this was something they were discussing about my life, but nobody shared that with me. But he absolutely could not get through with putting me back into the fifth form. And so from there, he said to me, well, it's college. And he basically said to me like this, you either pick a subject and go to college or you go and look a job. But again, I'm in a strange country. The application process of getting a job and everything like that, it is not as easy as you Mm -hmm. think it is. 
and so it's like okay i guess college it is so again there's this kind of eh, shrugging your shoulder kind of thing have to pick something and because i was good at computers in school i just decided okay i'm gonna choose associate's degree in computer studies but not necessarily choosing something again with the mindset or frame of mind that i'm thinking about my future i was just doing something again in the moment for just doing its sake and if we have to think about the topic failure whether it's a good thing or a bad thing then i would say it goes back to when we say if you fail to prepare you prepare to fail if you don't think about the future and think about what's happening down the line you've already set yourself up for failure I cannot wait until 2021 to be planning for 2021. I have to be planning, you know, 2020, even in 2019, I probably should have even started some plans, some preparations, and really set things out as to how they should be. Now, I wish then that I knew what I know now. Because had I known that, I would, I, I don't think anybody would have been able to hold me. Okay, so, so. <laughs> At this point, you are now speaking about college. You are mm-hmm. approximately 16, 17 at that mm-hmm. age. You are now saying you wish that you knew then what you don't know. Yes. Give me one single advice that you would give that 16-year-old. I would say stop. Take a moment to take in everything that is happening around you at this point in time and think about where you would want to be. Even in the next three years, because the associate degree program over there took two and a half to three years, depending on what subject you want to do. And I really didn't think that far. I just did what he said. I did something in the here and now without really taking a long step precaution, taking a broad look at my future, where, where I would want to go, what I would want to do, where I would want to be, okay. you know. Right. Guys, we are moving through Lachi's yeah. life, more <laughs> chronologically. Let's springboard a little bit more into your other life. So let's mm-hmm. come after so we've college. So we already done college talking. and everything like that. I get to graduation, which again was, look, that is, like I said, one of my biggest failures, I would say that I did not take the time to really think about future. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to college, going to college, there's this one class that I need to pass. And if I don't pass this class, everything is determined by this. And I go through the class and the whole semester I keep saying, pass or fail, I'm graduating this year. Pass or fail, I'm graduating this year. And I kept saying it over and over. I remember Jara and I, same class. She was like trying her best, but still kind of going through the motions as well with me. And when we get to the end of the semester and they post the grades online and she called me, she said, Latrice, have you checked your grades as yet? And I was like, no, I haven't checked them. They posted them and I go, and I'm expecting to see maybe a D, maybe, you know, a C. But when I saw an F, I literally crawled up like a baby and cried no here it is again you don't know where you're going from here because i just hated college i didn't want to do it anymore it wasn't something that i had planned for and so luckily because majority of the class had failed mm-hmm. i ended up now being able to graduate yeah, I know that <laughs> so the truth is even though i was allowed to graduate i still didn't feel like i had earned it yes. so that tripped me up a little bit 
coming again out of that and ready to go into workforce because it's like am i really worthy am i ready hold hold <laughs> hold that again let's go back in the yeah. past now we are now at the end of college so guys i'm guessing that she's age at that time mm-hmm. so at this time she's now about approximately 18 19 mm-hmm. let's go back to 14 15 when you failed that test and the teacher said exactly you see patterns she said i suggest you, right. you you drop this subject and i was like okay you know shrug my shoulders and just give it up here it is again i'm now in college and similar similar again and i think if somebody had taken that young me and just really sat me down and really asked me some questions and mm-hmm. get into my mind and just help me to figure out where i want to go what i want to do how i plan to get there i'm telling you that the latries that would have been here today would have been a totally different latries not one that is still that's, going that's arguably true yes. hopefully at the end of this session <laughs> you'll we see can why say. <laughs> yes because i wouldn't have now been at the place where i'm learning and applying those things now mm-hmm. i would have already applied them yeah. so now i would have been in teaching mode consultation mode turning around to pull other persons and tell them hey this is the way come follow me and really giving direction now where i'm at right now i'm still learning but as i'm learning i'm still also trying to encourage persons because they see me they understand my story they acknowledge it and even though i would have experienced some failures it's kind of like well you can teach us what not to do so Uh, still teach me something still show me something show me where you walk and that sort of thing so here here goes our (laughs) topic once again yeah. failure good, good or, or bad, bad. It, it's just you yeah. to put it into perspective based on where you're at and how you look at things at the end of the day okay so this is a whole section of your life that i did know yeah. so now let's get into the more other life okay let's get into what more people tend to so, know you about well, so when i came back to saying it it was 2008 now by this time i would have had uh, about let's say about six years Maybe even, yeah, maybe about six years, um, three years would have been spent in the workforce out there. And the other three would have been spent in the college years, came back. Once I came back in 2008, now I am with my you know, now husband mm-hmm. and he says to me, what would you like to do if you had to really settle down here? Because um, I was just visiting in the 2008 early no is this the first person ever asked you that question yes first person that has ever really asked me that question before when i would have acknowledged i said this is what i want to be that you know that sort of thing um it would have just been me just saying i think i want to be this i think i want to be that and then settling on the doctor position but when he asked me that question and i thought about it i said you know what i would really love to have some sort of messenger service um, I would really love to be in real estate and I'm going to have a restaurant and this is the name of the restaurant. And so he was like, well, none of that going to happen right now. So let's come back to reality. But again, it goes back to show that sometimes who you share things with or how you share things. And again, the way it is received can also change your course your trajectory especially that part that says let's come back to reality let's come back to reality you know and we hear that when you're a person who's pushing in business and striving 
for more than where you are. You hear that a lot. Yeah. That's not realistic. That's not going to happen. That let's come back to reality and that sort of thing. This year we make us nine years that we're married and we still have that argument. My thing is there is no such thing as reality because what I perceive to be real and what you perceive to be real is two different things. It's real enough to you and it's real enough to me. And the thing but is your mind cannot one? identify. Yeah, exactly. I can't identify what you say. So which one is reality? Really? You understand? And so we always have that argument. And But at that time, when he asked that question, he said, oh, well, let's come back to reality. I was like, well, I guess I'll just get a job in an office somewhere again. The here and now. You know, so he says, come back to reality. I have to think here and now. And it was just to go into an office. So right here, that is, you know, as my mind is, my mind is defining reality as mm-hmm. what the populace is thinking. I guess that's reality. But then how can you really settle there when there are persons who have broken reality more than once? Time and time again, they've broken that ceiling of the perceived reality, the belief of the majority. I you guess understand? that's where some people think it's luck and those kind of things. Yeah, but I mean, is it really? Mm-hmm. You know, is it really? And I think as I've grown, I don't think it's so much luck. I think it's when you've positioned yourself after you have made up in your mind mm-hmm. where you want to go, what you want to achieve, how you want to achieve these things. Because then once you have those things made up in your mind, the way in which you approach a situation, the way in which you see things from the broader scope of things is totally different to when you just settle with the here and now. You made a point there. Position yourself after you would have made up in your mind. Mm-hmm. Miles Monroe says that your vision automatically guides you. Yep. It trims off your friend, it mm-hmm. puts you on whatever path. Your vision does that. Yes. You are listening to the Big Ass Podcast. So once again, I'm now looking at your age. I'm actually doing some math. A launching, a launching. <laughs> we're getting there. I assume you're, we are in your early 20s. Early 20s, about mid, about early 20s, mid 20s, okay, somewhere then. there. Okay, so yeah. that's right. So now, when I said to him, just an office somewhere, and I literally, when I come back to saying it's to live, because that conversation we had was about in May somewhere there but I didn't come back to live until about November and when I came back in November I literally sat down typed up a bunch of letters and just sent them out to different offices I probably would have sent out near 50 something application letters just to random places I didn't care if they were looking for persons or not I just sent out applications. My first job when I came back was a position in Nevis. So that's how I ended up working in Nevis for about a year, year, year and something. And Jesus started in Sinkit, so went to Tartola. You came, came back, back to Sinkit. But you got a job in Nevis. Nevis. And I, I okay. do have a strong connection with Nevis because my mother is from Nevis. My mm-hmm. grandmother is from Nevis. So I used to spend a lot of my summers in Nevis. So it wasn't an unfamiliar place unfamiliar territory I would have already had somewhere to stay and that sort of thing so it was just an easy transition so it was December of 2008 that I started the job over there however here it is I'm now in a job and business again the fire for business just comes back to me 
So I'm trying to do the people job every day and guess what? Ideas come into my mind. And every now and again I slip away on the web. You're, you're the web, no. web yeah. <laughs> you slip away, you're going to the world wide web and you're you you're searching away and ideas are coming and you you you're trying to find all this information but you're still not focused on what you're doing. Also let's <laughs> note that two thousand eight the World Wide Web pretty much came a big thing around about that same time. Yeah, two thousand eight right? to two thousand ten. Because by that time, you know, everybody, almost everybody has access. Yes. I mean, and I mean, because when I was in fifth form, I remember, you know, my mom, this, there's this internet thing I hear my friends talk about MSN and yeah. these kind of things. But I couldn't use the computer. My mother, I remember the first time I tried to use the computer, my mom literally looked at me and said, after five minutes, you ain't finished yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Listen, if this is what it's going to be, it's okay. And I did not touch yeah. the computer again. But in college, that gave me that exposure. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't something that I necessarily had when I went back home. So, of course, I used to love to be on campus because when I get to go to campus, I get to log on, I get to dream, I get to imagine. And that's sort of I thing. actually had that thought just a while ago. Mm-hmm. But I wanted you to build on it more before I even touch on it. Yes. When I heard you visited the web, especially in Nevis, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What I heard was you were then privy to what is not reality, therefore possibility. Possibility. So when everyone said come back to reality, when you go on the web, you realize, but wait, this thing is outside here. Yeah. Over there. yeah, and I want that. That's that's what I want. So, and you're telling me must must come back to reality, but reality ain't look as good as what out there. Correct. So then, <laughs> therefore, now we are starting to pull your presence. Yes. So we are now in your mid twenties, and we are pulling it to your mid twenties. Yes. That's worth for me. So you know, get an idea of you know building from as a teenager coming up coming up coming up all the way and then i get to this point while i'm on the job i'm not being challenged i'm not feeling like i'm really maximizing my potential granted i'm in a supervisor position highest position i've ever earned in a workforce but i'm just not feeling the connection and so i am struggling big time when i had enough at that point in time I was starting to have the discussion of leaving the job again with my now husband, then boyfriend. And I'm like, you know, this is what is happening. And he's giving me the talk again to say, you're in a job. You're already working. Don't give up that. This is reality. This is how life goes. Those kind of conversations where people try to push you to stay in the nine to five. And sometimes, sometimes that it is, is needed. Yeah, sometimes it's needed. But what I'm thinking here is sometimes it is not that they want to keep you ashamed. It's just that sometimes they, they are know. trying to protect you <laughs> from the uncertain. I am laughing because, <laughs> yes, I get it. Yes, there's sometimes they're trying to really protect you in that way. But when you have a person like me who has a burning passion and a burning mm. desire, it's actually not protection. Because what ends up happening is that just what happened on that job i got to the point where it was now showing in my posture it was being reflected in the quality of work it was being reflected in my conversations that i just was not happy on the job and one time my boss it was a temporary at the stepping because the person was there all the time she had traveled to study so when this temp came in and she was asking me what am i feeling and these kind of things and what's that and she gave me this impression that she was a friend and I could really confide in her. And I did. But guess what? 
that same information that I sat down in that meeting that afternoon and I gave her, she basically put it in a warning letter and turned it back around and said, I noticed that you're not challenging yourself, you're not motivated, you're not this, and listed them out step by step and basically used it as a warning letter to say that if I don't change, that the job would have to release me. Well, needless to say that that didn't last very long and I would have packed my things and that was it. I came home and I was prepared to sit down until something else. I knew I wanted to do, but again, not having the sense to say, okay, prepare. Because as much as you wanted to do something, again, it comes back down to preparation. You understand? Because there's a difference in failure that resulted after you would have prepared, but, you know, encountered some things that you didn't really plan for versus failure that happened as a result of not preparing at all. And that one, when you encounter failure where you had not prepared at all, is the bad kind of failure because then it means that you didn't take responsibility for where you were planning to go. I mean, nobody gets up and plans to go on a flight. You don't have any kind of spending money. You don't know where you're going to stay. You don't know what you're going to eat, what your eating budget is like, what your spending budget is like. You need to have an idea of these things. If not, then when you get out there, you're going to find yourself out on the street, sleeping in some strange places, eating some muck, maybe not even eating at all. And it's not going to be a pleasant experience. It's going to be a terrible ride. So now I'm at a position where I need to find something to do. Here it is that I say, God, I really need something to do. And I don't want it to do it in Nevis. So please, could you help me out here? And I get this idea. I now start to look at all the details. I'm getting excited. And once when I approached the business place, they said, could you imagine that that's exactly what we need right now? We just put out yesterday. I noticed to say that this is what we want. Start the planning. And when I share again with my now husband, then boyfriend, and he shares it with his family and everybody says, Oh, you screaming, got in the money. Oh, you scream. Oh, you screaming, no business to go into. And here comes the mountain of negatives, which I was not prepared for. Of course, I quickly backed out of the idea. I had gotten somebody to help me, help me to put everything in order and line up everything. Told me, don't worry. And it's going to be okay and what's not. But when you have the persons that you love and actually cherish and value telling you it doesn't make sense, that's a dead end, leave that alone, then of course you get intimidated and you begin to back away from that idea. But at what point would you, in general, would start to rebel? Well, you see, this is what happened in my case. Business came back around again. When you have a desire for business... You know, I can relate to persons who actually have a desire. It's not everybody who's meant to have a business. There are some persons who's just happy with going in, doing the nine to five, leaving, and that's all well and good. But there are other persons who have a vision for business, have a desire for business. Just know that they're supposed to be in their own thing. They're supposed to be creating. I'm one of those. Now, here it is that business comes around again. And when it comes around again, this time... I remember lying down on the bed. By this time, I'm married. And I'm lying on the bed. <laughs> and I said, listen, I want to do business. And 
I feel like I am going to open a shipping company and I don't want to hear nothing about it. I don't want to, and I'm going, I'm giving him the 411. Where you, where you know pushing back when you're married, but not before? I know, right? <laughs> Silly. But the truth is, by this time, like you said, I'm rebelling. I'm frustrated. I did get a job in between there after I would have left the job in Nevis. I got another job, but then the same thing was happening again. And so I said, I think I want to do baskets, give baskets. Mm. And so I had a little gift basket business for a short time. But of course, it's not enough to sustain me. It's not enough to keep me. And because it's not enough to do that, you know, you now begin to fall back on what you know, which is yeah. to go out and get a job so that you can make money. But like I said, I got to a point where I was like, hey, this is really not what I want to do. And the way I was working at the time, one of the things that was frustrating me is that when there's a problem, I know the solution to the problem. I'm giving you the solution to the problem. But my boss at the time does not value the solutions that I'm giving him. He goes and he'll bring in other persons. And when they say to do the exact same thing that I was suggesting and I begin to realize Latrice, you have this thing inside of you. Yeah. You could do this thing. You could get it done. And so I now said to myself, okay, I'm not going to stay here. Because a lot of times we go out and we're working for people. When they say jump, we say how high. Without realizing that without you, they would not be who they are. Without you and your hard work, they wouldn't have what they have. So you have something valuable inside of you that you can contribute. But if you don't understand the value of that thing, even if you're going to do a nine to five, you still have to understand the value that you're contributing to the workplace that you're in. Yes. You know, that's so important. And so, like I said, I made up my mind. You have money to rent somewhere? No. <laughs> so here is where business now begins, begins from where you know me. Mm. And I'm looking at this thing now. I, I share with my dad. I tell him what I want to do. And he tried to connect me with somebody to help me. But of course, people generally don't help persons when they're starting off in business. There's no one there to give me any assistance. I go out. I say, you know what? I'm going to start in Nevis. Because if I start in sync, it's the market is quite saturated already. And I'm going to have a harder time penetrating the market. Mm. I don't have anything, but I just have faith. I catch the boat, I go to Nevis, I'm hunting for spaces, hunting for spaces, I find a space. Ask the lady how much to rent this space. It is $1,600 a month to rent this space. I don't have a job. I don't have any savings. I don't have anything. I beg this lady, please, please, please. Could she trust me? I really have this vision, this idea for business. Could she just give me a chance, please? And what's that? And that is how I ended up getting this space. I go home with my rebellious self and I'm showing my husband these keys and I'm like, look, I'm getting ready to go start this business. I have no idea what it is that I'm doing. Then I go and I take a laptop computer on higher purchase. Then I, oh, he was working at the time, and I would take his money. <laughs> his money has worked. And use his money, no forgetting about other responsibilities. <laughs> and then I went and I, I bought a broken down desk that I kind of patch up. And that was my first desk. And then I felt like, okay, I was set. I had a computer. I had the space. I have the, the desk. I have a chair that I, mm. I borrowed from my cousins. And then I had a printer from home. And that was my little computer setup. So you see me doing the same thing that I did, that did when I was a teenager. PG, because right. as far as I was concerned, that's how business go. Right. But right there, <laughs> no, right there, let's, let's connect. What about the emotional feeling when you saw that cheer, that computer? That Excitement. Had no idea what was waiting down the road for me. I, listen, 
I was just excited. I started on the 14th of November, 2012. Never forget it. The 12th was our wedding anniversary. The 13th is my husband's birthday. The 14th, I started the business. So I had convinced him to get on board and join me and, you know, be a part of this thing that I was doing and it would be great. And so that's where we spent our anniversary time in Nevis and then we opened for business. Day number one pass, day number two pass, day number three pass. I'm not seeing anybody. My husband is going out on the road. He's handing out flyers. He does that for about two days and then he leaves me on my own. (laughs) There's nothing that is happening. I had already connected with a company and they were supposed to be sending in my shipments on a weekly basis, but I have nobody who's ordering anything, nobody who's bringing in anything, and this would have been shipment via ocean. And I, it, although it wasn't what I wanted to do originally, I went along with it because that was the connection that I got. So I'm hoping and I'm, you know, really pushing. And nothing. But lo and behold i do get my first customer eventually and i remember when he comes and miss i looking for this thing all the time noel jones i'll never forget my first customer noel jones i really appreciated that and yes i have a little tear in my eye because i really do remember when he came and he gave me that energy it really made me feel like it's good it's gonna work and i think i got about maybe five or six customers after that now, as they're ordering stuff and they're bringing in stuff, I feel like business is going to take off. But again, it's very slow. Well, persons order a lot of stuff. It takes time because it's not like they're ordering enough to keep your business afloat, especially yeah. if you only have a small amount of persons. Not to mention the fact that I had not factored in all of the other challenges I was going to be having. So here it is. You order your stuff. The company that I'm connected with is Insane Kids. But we do a bonded system where this stuff comes over to Nevis and then they're cleared to Nevis. But I have to do my paperwork in Insane Kids. So when the shipment comes in, I get up. I go to the company in Insane Kids, get everything stamped up. Then I have to go to the agent and then the boat. And then I go to customs. When I'm finished doing my stuff up at customs on the upper side, I have to now make my way down to the lower end so that I can do that transfer. My mind is asking me, they had a vehicle at that time? That is what I'm showing you. I had no vehicle. That's what I'm getting to. Oh. That's why I'm being so in-depth and in detail with all of those steps that I had wow. to go through. I remember a couple of times where I would have missed a step or they would have missed stamping my paperwork and I would have to find my way back and so where I probably would have managed to catch a ride with my husband, who at this time is determined that he's not going out of his way to assist me. So he's being rebellious, I'm being rebellious, but this is my thing, my baby. So I'm doing what I have to do. So I would sometimes have to walk hot sun. Now, if you look at my appearance at that time, I'm nowhere near ready for business. A t-shirt, a three-quarter jeans, a pair of draggers, flip-flops, but I'm good, I'm doing business. You know, and I'm feeling happy, I'm feeling myself and what's not. And I do this as long as I can. When I get to Nevis, I now have to catch a bus, go up to the port area. So I'll catch a bus, I'll go to Long Point, I will clear my stuff, and then I will bring them back down in the office. When I bring them back down in a bus. In a bus. And when I bring them back down to the office, then I'll make them available for the customers when they come. Now, granted, this is like 10 packages, you know, but I feel good at doing business, feeling happy and what's not. Eventually, the business does grow. That went on for about a good 12 months before I ended up getting a vehicle to use. 
there was a guy in Mavis, he allowed me to take a vehicle on a higher purchase arrangement, which didn't last, but I took the vehicle and then I was now able to move stuff. I had now decided I don't want to do ocean shipment. I want to do air shipment. Now, granted, at this time, there wasn't really an office fund set up in Nevis to allow that. There was one lady over there that I knew of that would get stuff that comes through the company from saying it, but not the wide scale that I wanted to do it on. And so by that time, we're doing it very, and this is what I used to sometimes do. When my shipment comes in on that plane, as long as I'm able to get my shipment off of that plane that day, I will catch the late boat. I will go to Nevis. And while I'm on my way up, I will be phoning customers. This I'm on my way to Nevis. I have your packages, whatever, whatever. They would come and they would meet me. And then at nine o'clock, I'm on the boat from Nevis mm-hmm. back to St. Kitts. And I'm good because I feel like I was going above and beyond and providing customer service and what's not. Eventually, I do have to get employees and get some assistance. I use the PEP program. I got employees and everything was going okay. I did end up getting a financial injection and then here comes failure again. I am given this money to use, $100,000. And nobody says to me, you never burn up your liquid cash. So in no time, $100,000 disappeared to near nothing. I am now back at square one again. Where do I go from here? What do I do? I was able to buy a vehicle, cash. I was able to fit the office with furniture and fittings. I was able to get computers for the staff to use and all of these different things. But I have now found myself at a position where the business is not turning over the way how I want it to. And so I have to be building myself again from scratch it feels like from scratch but technically it's not from scratch because now i have a vehicle the office is fitted and i have equipment that we can use and that sort of thing so technically it's not from scratch so again i can't look at it as i'm starting over but i'm just starting like where i left off i made a goal I reached to a mountain top and here it is that I just have to take a break to go back down into the valley to go up on another mountain top again. Now, the challenge that I'm having at this point in time is that customers don't necessarily know me, but almost like it happened overnight where the customer base just started to build like bap, 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 bap. It was just coming, coming, coming. And when I started off in business, I really, again, took the same approach. It was like, hey, I don't know if I am going to succeed at this thing, but at least I could try. But fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. And so when the customer base increased, I did not know how to transition with it. And so I now have more packages than usual. I can't do the same thing where I was able to take out packages how I used to. And so I end up in a situation where my checks are bouncing. So my credit is being destroyed, but I'm still pushing because in my mind, I feel like this is how you survive in business and this is how you get it. That is how the shipping transition I don't want to say the life of it goes because when I ended it, it ended based on the fact that I was now not checking my financials. Hold on, Leo. Hold, mm-hmm. on, Leo. Hold on. We are now exiting shipping, but a few seconds ago, you were at the peak of shipping. Mm-hmm. We are success. Success, success just came. looked like it was there and business was increasing. And I now had a customer base and everything was going how it should be going. But... You I was did not, not prepared for success. I did not prepare for my success. So when it came, it was almost like a shock to me. And then I didn't know how to hold on to it because I have it in my hand. When I tell you, 
we had customers and I value each and every customer that we got in Nevis. I knew all of them by name. When they came, I could tell them, oh, you have about four packages. You have about five packages. I knew everything about my customers. If they called me, they all had my number. I would check in with them on WhatsApp. People would meet me. They would say, you have a package up there for me? I'll say, what's your name? Because sometimes what I, what I recognized also with my customers was that I had a lot of customers, but they never used to come in. They did business with me through other persons. So basically, when I saw New Visions, I had to value every single person because I did not know who was actually my customer. So sometimes when somebody comes up to me and they say, hey, you have a package up there for me? And I'm like, what's the name? Oh, I see a couple of things came in for us. I have about three of them up there. Yeah, it's one that I have in a phone case. I said, oh yeah, the, the phone case is in my office. Things like that. I had such a personable relationship with all of my customers. And that I really enjoyed that I appreciated. Listen, when I used to catch the boat and go to Nevis, it was like a joy. Like I felt like I have purpose in life. So I really enjoyed that place, but I did not know how to hold on to it because I was not checking my financials. I did not have an accountant in place. I was doing all of the work. I didn't know how to transition with the systems. Like when customs increase or improve their systems, I did not know how to improve with it. Um, when my gut was telling me, listen, these guys that you're doing business with in the U.S., shift because of some little things I was seeing, I would be asking them to make certain adjustments on their end because of my customer base. They were not willing to do that. And that in itself was hampering me because it was forcing me to do business in a way that I wasn't comfortable with. So again, these are little things that I wasn't prepared for. And so I remember the first hiccup that I had. I know at this point in time, I have a branch in St. Kitts, a branch in Nevis. I have grown to the point where I have to have a a secondary office and what's not it's so funny because as much as i don't want to talk about that part of it there was a constant accusation of stealing stealing the money i'm taking up the money i'm pocketing the money and these kind of things and i'm like what kind of foolishness is this so i'm pocketing the money but i don't have a house to this day i'm pocketing the money but i don't have anything of value if you come to my home it made no sense to me what i kept explaining to them is that something is off with the financials i also kept explaining to them that something is wrong with the pricing it needs to be adjusted because somewhere along the line you can't see where it makes sense in the figures right. it's like we're making money but somewhere along the line, yeah, something image. just, yeah, it's just off somewhere. And then lo and behold, get to a point where the company that I'm paired with in the U.S. just halts my shipment for about three weeks. Listen, I'm telling you, Janiel, we were in business. My husband had actually left his job to come and help me because I was now pulling in so much business that I needed the help. And he came on board. This is what we were doing full time we would take turns sometimes entering the information into the system he would go to sleep i would wake up i would be up then i would go to sleep he would be up and wow. this is how we were doing it this is how we survived this is just the two of us along with our workers that we had we didn't have a big staff we didn't have a big team we didn't have all of those things but we were doing it but like i said they came and they halted the shipment and when they halted the shipment their thing was they're halting the shipment based on the fact that they wanted to make make sure that everything was on board and on point for December period financially mm -hmm. because they had given us a credit account so they just wanted to and I'm like you don't do that to people to test that not with petitions not with divisions 
Not when you have options. Right. I can recall that period as a customer. It yeah, was lawful. When you're accustomed to the level of service that we were given, where you know you're going to have your packages coming in at a certain time. If I said to you, your package is going to be on this flight, it was on that flight for sure. And if I had to drop off that package to you myself, just to make sure that you knew that you're going to get it that night, I would do that. I'm going to somewhat think about a bit mm-hmm. forward. Your company, Eto Branches, mm-hmm. it's now blooming really well to the public eyes but not knowing the small hemorrhages that were happening yeah and that eventually became big problems and i think when the client and as i'm speaking now being a client at back then mm-hmm. when the client then realized something is being halted for three weeks me in particular at that time i just went over into my computer yeah. business and i have to ship my packs for you to tell my clients wait that really disrupts everybody i had a lot of clients who were business owners mm-hmm. and so that was hurtful to them it was just rough at that point in time but when they did that man listen I felt like how everybody felt but just motioning one like I felt like only me was carrying that but the truth is you were the one carrying the load because I had the responsibility to make sure that the packages come in no really and truly they did that and they were holding us hostage for money my spirit at that time my gut feeling at that time and that's another important factor in business and the determination of whether you're gonna fail or you're gonna succeed because there isn't a roadmap. as the person who has the vision for this business your gut instinct will tell you when it's time to shift when it's time to get up when it's time to just lay low when it's time to transition with the market when it's time to do all of these things if you're really in tune and connected with the business and the industry at the time and so my spirit was saying shift from them that was a foul move that they did but because because they had been with us for so many years while we were climbing and while we were progressing there's a part of me that felt a sense of obligation and so i did not move and again you see a repeat of history because here it is that at me trying to please somebody else i am putting me behind and a year later they do the exact same thing again (laughs) but this time when they do it i don't have a chance to recover because of what they had done my customer base went down it just went down and it just gradually continued to go down because what happened now is that by this time there are other persons that are coming into the market as a business owner you have to be prepared for that that when you start something look out for people behind you doing the exact thing they either would have had the idea for a while and then now just coming on board or they, yes, sir, they see you doing it they realize you're successful and they say hey if she can do it i can do it too and that is what happened you know a company started behind ours and so a lot of the customers transitioned over also you know there's a difference between a customer and a client a client is more loyal to you yeah i remember that period <laughs> i was holding on tight. yes <laughs> and i used to appreciate that because you know some days i want my package <laughs> i say look let me help you clear this stuff yeah <laughs> it really helped when i had persons like you because like i said noel jones was one of those persons who said to me hey don't give up come back and do it again you will succeed but by that time like i said i had taken so many blows that i just could not get back up this other time and so i was forced to come to that point where it's like this is the end and i do have to close the businesses i want to make two points you just said you were taking so many blows yeah at this point you couldn't get back up so which note guys this was present continuous you yeah. were taking blows for a while a but while. the public really and truly didn't, didn't see, it. see it that's no. where your competitors could have stepped into the game because they saw the success they saw the potential yep. for some reason you probably didn't get a chance to see some of that or maybe your site but you were more focused I on the internet. I was too caught up in the business. 
and sometimes and as a business owner you have to be able to take a step back yes. and see the business because listen if you have a business and you are always so busy that you can't get a break for yourself you're heading towards failure Recently, I was listening to a podcast by T.D. Jakes and he said, if you are doing a business that requires your presence or your skill, you might be too busy doing it that yeah. you don't get the chance to, to grow, grow it. it. That was one of the questions I asked you the other day where I said to you, hey, what do you do when you're in a position where you know that you need the help, but everybody is looking for a handout, a dollar, and you just can't seem to get the help because sometimes in growing the business to the next step and the next stage, you do need somebody else to come on board to just say hey i'll hold this end while you go out there and hold that other end and that's what was happening i just could not get a chance to step back step away from the business and really see what it was doing and where it was going and how it was flowing i didn't get a chance to actually step back and notice the faulty accounts that was happening because while i wasn't paying attention to my accounts they kept giving me figures and whatever figure they gave me because of my level of trust for them, not realizing how dirty and grimy business can be sometimes, I went ahead and just said, okay, if you owe $10, I'll say, okay, here's $10. You owe me $7. Well, I can't really pay the $7 this time. Can I just pay four? Yes, you have a balance of $3 that was going on. And one time I saw some accounts, and when I saw the accounts, I said, but no, my common sense is kicking in. And when I pointed that out to them, they said, oh, that's for our internal whatever, whatever. But obviously, I could see that something was wrong with what they were doing. And then they presented it back to me. So again, I'm taking blows financially from that side of it. I'm taking blows because here it is that because the financials are going down due to the lack in customers or decrease in customer base, I'm now spread even more thin than I was spread before. I'm taking blows because I'm not getting the level of rest that I should be getting. I'm not focused. I'm overwhelmed. I'm trying to find help. I remember I went to a company here when I felt like, listen, I'm desperate. I really, really need the help. The lady took 10 minutes to listen to what I was saying and said, the business is not viable. Shut it down. Wow. I, I walked away from that office crying because here it is that this is something I've spent the past five years pouring into. But hypothetically speaking, what if she was telling you the truth? But then even if she's telling me that this is the direction, how do I step out of it? Right. Because again, when you're in business and the business is in hyperdrive and you're in hyperdrive with the business, how do you how do you get off of a roller coaster that's moving, Janiel? <laughs> it was overwhelming so exit strategies even an exit strategy has to be a preparation plan yes. because if you don't have that set up then you don't know when it's time to call it quits and i think i would have come to the point where yes i should have called it quits a couple of times but because i didn't have that plan in place as to how to call it quits then it was hard not only that when you're in business and you have employees it's not just you if this was just me, like when I had the basket business, I could just decide, hey, I don't want to do this no more. Like right now, I'm into decor. That's the one job that I always seem to fall back into. And it's so funny because the truth is, a lot of times, persons know that they want to be in business, but they get so much more excited with other things than the one that they're actually feeling themselves drawn towards just because they feel like they don't have what it takes to do that. And so I'm guilty of that. 
when it comes to this decor business right now it's on a break basically and i'm not really pushing as hard as i know i can push or should push or what's not that's but, fear especially given covid exactly given covid 19 but i still don't have the pressures of thinking about an employee who has a family to feed and and that sort of thing and at the time i had one steady one in nevis and i had about four in saint kitts now you'd wonder how come nevis didn't have as much as think but that's because most of the work we did it in sink it so by the time it came over to nevis it was just to collect angle and also in nevis we had set up a system where we created a bonded room which i like to think that it did lead to nevis getting a career facility i mean i know some persons might not agree with me there the growth of the business our business we had to end up getting a bonded room because we were now taking packages out for customers just have them sit in the again not having the knowledge to the know that 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 know. yeah so when other companies had a bonded system where a custom officer was attached to their company and would come in and basically the packages would only be paid for if they left i didn't know that so i was now taking up thousands 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 of dollars and just, put it back down yeah exactly and listen the amount of packages we lost after we had to close down some packages that were already paid for just thousands of dollars just gone because the way how this system is set up is that the customs department decides they would have to sell it and if anything leaves over after they auction it then you get something so there's no consideration to the shipping that i would have already paid for there were just so many different things that were going into play that made it difficult to see the possibilities of exiting. That's a free question. Mm-hmm. We're now at the end of your shipping company. I want to know more, say, your emotions with your employees. Let's sketch this part because you are losing clients, but I haven't heard you mention that you're losing employees. I haven't heard I you mention about employee, the frustration love, or what's not. I love all of my employees that I've ever had. They might not understand it, but love. I remember when I let go my best employee. And you see me here with water in my eyes? Mm-hmm. When I had to give her that letter the day, water was running down my eyes. I cried like a child when I had to do that because I loved my employees. Still love them. And I consider the help. So we're going to give Lachi some moment here, guys. As we mentioned, we're taking a deep dive into her life and we somewhat give her a moment. And Lachi is somewhat having some tears. So at this point, you are now giving her the letter. Yeah. You are the one crying, which means you probably held on, as we say, green death, death. without <laughs> letting her go. Yes. But now you have to do it. I have to. I can imagine you are now thinking about what she has what to she go has and to tell go her through. family. Her family, she has a mortgage. She had just celebrated her birthday. So it means that she would have spent a little bit more than... All of these things were things that were playing in my mind, but my spirit was saying to me, my gut was saying to me, if I don't let them go, they will not find the jobs. Let them go. Based on the little that I know, they were able to step into jobs right Mm -hmm. away. The only one that I kept was the one for step. Which Um, is fair enough. Yes, right down to the very end. My gut was saying, if I don't let them go, then it's going to be harder for them. It's now like, stop thinking about yourself. You have to let them go. I had now recognized that this is the Titanic and it is going down. Now, what advice you would give that latches some seven or so years back? I should have um, willingly stepped away from the business when I first recognized failure was approaching. When I say step away, 
I mean, I think I should have allowed myself to. Sometimes because we we, we have a fear of failing, mm-hmm. we hold on even tighter. But sometimes they. <laughs> It sounds funny, but sometimes if you let it go, it will do its thing. Like a top. You know, sometimes you spin that top, but you can't keep holding on to the top when you spin it. Just spin it. And then sometimes it looks like that top gun just buckle. But at the time when it looks like it can just buckle, it just picks up, it finds its balance, and it just keeps going for an even longer time than you had anticipated. And I think if I had done that with the business, I think it would have still been existent to this day because the things that I was fearful of doing because I thought that it would have caused the business to fail are actually the things that had I done them, it would not have gone the way how it went. Wow, wow. What I'm looking at here, you mentioned that you were at the peak of the business. I concluded there was a fear of success at that point or a yeah. lack of preparation for fear success. Fear of success as well because when you succeed, people looking at you like, who should be me? Right. Never hear about her yet. But <laughs> the truth is, you did succeed at I that did. point. Yeah. Now you are at time of, you should have exited, mm-hmm. but you're now at a, a fear of failure. No, there was also another plan that I had in mind, which in... I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to sell out this business. I'm going to sell it out in sections. That, that's another option. And how I'm going to sell it out, I'm going to invite persons to come and sit on a board, basically. And each one of them are going to take um, stock in their different mm-hmm. areas. And this is how we're going to do and what's up. But again, by that time, blows again. Because there's a lifespan for everything. Another one of my quotes that I love to use and love to live by is, opportunities of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity so when that opportunity comes if you don't take advantage of that opportunity at that point in time then you're going to lose that opportunity whatever we do now doesn't affect us now it affects us down the road so i would say you don't live you have to visit you have to go back and forth you know it has to be a visitation kind of thing i i know we say yes live in the present live in the now but how do you really live in the present and live in the now when everything that we do today is really affecting us tomorrow but let me somewhat play on the mind a bit Mm -hmm. living in the present is technically living in the past because what you are weeping in the present is, is what? what you did exactly yesterday. exactly so i can't dwell here i can't yeah. i can't make a decision based on what my surroundings look like, like based on what my now looks like i can't make a decision and say hey i don't have this i don't have that and decide that i won't make it yeah. i have to know tell myself i'm gonna have this i'm gonna have that and start making the preparations for that or else i will never get to where i want to be and that is what was really happening my yeah, at that time, at that time because wow. had I really taken stock and said, Latrice, this business is going to survive. You have to give it that fighting chance. You have to line up these things. You have to do this. You have to do that. You know, I told you I had professional help because when I got that 100000 in my hands, persons were assigned to assist. The big challenge that I was having constantly when I was asking for ideas, how do I do this? How do I do that? What do you think I should do this? What do you think? I-? And it was constantly, I don't know. What do you think you should do? Where do you think I should go? I don't know where you think you should go. You know, so it was like 
putting it back in my coat constantly and that was so frustrating because I felt like I wasn't getting the necessary help that I needed mm. to help me to go to the next step. So I was doing everything again on my own. I was learning on my own, succeeding on my own and failing on my own, even, even from home. Because like I said, as much as my husband was a part of it, he didn't really have the energy. Let me note here, you were the one carrying the load. Now, with that segue, you actually took it away from me. You touched on your husband. So let's pause and we come back on your husband. Yeah. Hi friends, we have come to the end of today's episode with Latrice Christopher. Join us next week for part two of this conversation. You are just listening to the Big Axe Podcast, the place where you are empowered through information. To ensure that you do not miss an episode, please subscribe to the Big Axe Podcast on your favorite platform.